It's time for more facts about the vax. Are you on the fence? Let me answer your questions on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and I know what you might be thinking. You might be thinking, hey, I got the vaccine. Can we move on and talk about something else? And there might be some of you that said, hey, I'm not getting the vaccine no matter what. Can we move on and talk about something else? Uh, but here's the deal. There's still plenty of you that are on the fence, and I've received such wonderful questions from my viewers like you uh, who just have simple uh, sincere questions about the vaccine, and I need to answer those for you. I feel like that's part of my role here on Pushback. And as we dug into the vaccines um, and, and this podcast in general, it's about culture. And, and I do not want to perpetuate or endorse a culture of fear where we uh, make decisions based on the things that we hear in sound bites or in Google, but uh, where we are informed and and we we can lean into even these issues as we pray about them and bring them before the Lord. We can lean into them from an informed standpoint so that we can make a peaceful decision for ourselves and for our families. And I feel like that's part of my role, not only as a as a minister and as a as a uh, someone who is a social influencer, but as a physician as well. It gives me a very unique perspective on this topic uh, that is so important and so dominating the headlines in our conversations. And it has been so unfortunately divisive, uh, even in the Christian realm about vaccinations and, and whether we should or whether we shouldn't. I want to start this podcast by actually going back to our homeschool, my wife homeschools, and my children are learning about Patrick Henry. And of course, his famous speech uh, that ends like this, if is, is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. It's a famous uh, ending to Patrick Henry and his speech and, and the uh, enormity and how it became so famous in the time in which he lived. But I want to actually read a paragraph from the beginning of his speech that isn't as well known that my wife shared with me, I think to encourage me uh, about this podcast. And so I want to share it with you. He wrote, different men often see the same subject in different lights. And therefore, I hope it will not be thought disrespectful to those gentlemen if, entertaining as I do, opinions of a character very opposite to theirs. I shall speak forth my sentiments freely and without reserve. This is no time for ceremony. The question before the House is one of awful moment to this country. For my own part, I consider it as nothing less than a question of freedom or slavery, and in proportion to the magnitude of the subject ought to be the freedom of the debate. 
It is only in this way that we can hope to arrive at truth and fulfill the great responsibility which we hold to God and our country. Should I keep back my opinions at such a time through fear of giving offense? I should consider myself as guilty of treason toward my country and an act of disloyalty toward the majesty of heaven, which I revere above all earthly kings. Powerful message, and and really the message that we sit forth, not that I sit forth today, not just in my opinions and the things that we share with each other, but that we shouldn't hold back, that we should have free discourse about topics, even such as COVID-19 and vaccinations. Now, I do see the irony in this, that many people actually think that vaccinations is an assault on their liberty, and I get that, and I respect that, and I honor that. But I'm going to answer your questions today with the boldness of my opinion, like Patrick Henry said. And once again, I'm going to make very clear that I don't endorse mandatory vaccination, but I do endorse informed decisions. Not Google decisions, not sound bites, not um, unsubstantiated claims. And I definitely don't endorse fear. I want to address these wonderful questions that readers have given, or listeners have given and, and, and have sent in to me. And one was about Bill Gates, which I addressed last podcast, because I was very uncomfortable with bearing false witness. I think it's very important um, to understand that I I don't endorse Bill Gates and all of his political or positions that he has, but I also don't endorse uh, bearing false witness against someone who has been perhaps the most generous man in history. Now, you can say he's spending his money in the wrong places, but my response is that it's his money. (laughs) He can spend it any way he wants to. He's not a political entity. He's not a sovereign country although he may have the wealth of many sovereign countries. But it is unacceptable to actually slander him and create a false narrative towards him simply because he's rich. And so if you have not listened to that podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen and and, and, and have it be a sobering lesson to all of us uh, in, in how we portray information, especially in this information age that is so readily available to us. We can actually wield it um, with, uh, with unresponsibility and end up hurting people or actually hurting the actual tenant of heaven itself and the things that come out of our mouth. I understand, um, although I don't always endorse, I do understand some of the um, the attitudes towards government and, and some of the uh, positioning that people have where there is a general distrust uh, for government, gover- government officials and their motives. But I think it's very reasonable to look at motives. If we truly believe that the vaccine is given to track us or to kill us or to kill our economy, I have to ask the answer, ask the question, why? What would be the motive? Now, I understand that evil doesn't always need a why, but 
I will say that vaccination is not evil. It's never been evil. And it's always been for the betterment and for the good of people. Now, you may say that's naive and that's burying my head in the sand. But I'm also a scientist and I understand the motives of scientists and physicians and the heart to help people. So we have to start from the standpoint that vaccinations themselves aren't evil. And if they are used for evil purposes, then there needs to be a motive. There needs to be a reason and there needs to be proof before we continue or perpetuate the conversation and slander or bear false witness toward any official. And so before I answer your questions, I actually have a question because I have yet to have it answered by anyone. And especially those who are very against vaccinations or have a distrust toward them. Here's my question. If Donald Trump, President Trump, is a small government champion and a president of the people, which most right-wing conservative Christians would endorse, and he even had suspicions of any big government program or government entities, why would that person champion a government-sponsored vaccine. It was President Trump who actually initiated the presidential order of Operation Warp Speed to get this very vaccine that we're debating out into the public. What would be his motivation? Is he part of the evil plan or plot? I just don't see it that way. And I need somebody to answer why President Trump the one who would be a champion of small government would actually endorse it other than for the good of the people and for the betterment of our society. So I pose that question to you, my listeners, and I'd be very curious if anybody has an answer to that. So please contact me at pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org, and there's a place to leave a comment, and in this case, an answer to my question. I would propose that persistent death, fear of death, a crashing economy is not good for anybody's political aspirations. In fact, most pundits would say this is why Trump is not president now. It's because of the coronavirus. So let me get into some of your questions, excellent questions that were posed to me so that we can dig into this a little bit deeper. First comment is from Rich who writes, just a quick comment on the blurb you have about your podcast. You claim that the surge in the Delta variant of COVID is only amongst unvaccinated people. However, many of the cases of which I am aware occurred to vaccinated people. For instance, the senators who fled Texas to Washington, D.C. were all vaccinated. So was Kamala Harris. I'm not saying that there are more vaccinated people who are getting COVID, just that it does not seem to matter whether these people are vaccinated or not. Either way, I do not think the vaccine is very effective against the Delta variant. Perhaps the best way to build immunities to COVID-19 is to actually get the virus. So let me comment on a few of those comments. First of all, um, I made—I thought I made clear that it wasn't uh, that unva—that <laughs> it wasn't that vaccinated people couldn't get a reinfection. It's that uh, the hospitalization and death rate among 
um, the unvaccinated was the vast, almost 99% of the cases, which means that less than 1% of the cases of hospitalizations or death were among vaccinated people. So I believe that it's about 90% of those that are testing positive currently are among the unvaccinated people, which means about 10%, which is still a big number, of vaccinated people can still get the Delta variant. So those are the people that you hear about on the news. But they are getting all a very mild case and less than 1%. It's like 0.01% of those people, of the 10%, are actually being hospitalized or succumb to death from the virus. It's an extremely low number. And so when they're saying that it does not seem to matter whether these people are vaccinated or not, that couldn't be more untrue. It matters greatly because of the hospitalization and death. And when it comes to pandemics, this is actually what matters the most. If this was simply a, a little bit of a sniffle and cold, we wouldn't even be talking about this. It's because this has severe consequences causing hospitalizations and death. And those who have been vaccinated have an incredibly low percentage chance of having severe consequences. And he says that perhaps the best way to build immunities to COVID-19 is to actually get the virus. The problem with that thinking is, is that it continues the cycle of infection. And so if we continue the cycle of infection, we continue this madness of pandemic and numbers that are rising and economic shutdowns. But not only that, the longer the virus stays around, the longer the chance of more variants. And so if the population can just get vaccinated, we can end this craziness. We can end this cycle. And so the infectivity of people is what continues the virus to propagate. Rich, I really thank you for that question. It's a great question with really good insights, and I hope my answer helped. This is a question from Deb. I've been on the fence with the vaccine. As my doctor would say, I'm one of the hesitant ones, waiting and watching. We had COVID blow through our house at the end of 2020, at the end of July of 2020. My husband had a moderate to borderline severe case where my daughter was more mild. They didn't test my boys or I due to being asymptomatic. My question, and also one reason why I've not gotten vaccinated, is, being we likely all had it, is there any proof or research on natural immunity versus the vaccine? I suppose I could get antibody testing done. I know that you and your family had COVID and chose to vaccinate as well. Maybe you have addressed my question in a prior podcast. If so, would you uh, link which one to reference? I was praying this morning for clear direction regarding the vaccine. Your name came to mind and I went to my email and there was your latest podcast. Thanks. Thank you for all you share. And also thank you for you and your family's heart for the Lord. Thank you, Deb, for those kind words, and thank you for tuning in and listening and writing such a wonderful question. So let me give you a few answers to some of the questions that you've been having. Uh, natural immunity, when we actually get the virus itself, is variable, uh, meaning that you may have a robust response similar to being vaccinated, but many may not. And so we just simply don't know. Initial studies show that those that were infected with the initial rounds of COVID-19 had maybe a three to four month immunity. That's not very long, unfortunately. 
And those that don't have a robust response tend to have a weaker immune system, which would mean that they were also would be more vulnerable to reinfection and more severe cases. The antibody test uh, you could do, and it could give you a yes or no, but it doesn't necessarily tell you the strength of your immune response, if that makes sense. Vaccines, however, uh, is more predictable and studied. And so there's more of a predictable response. And we are studying going forward the, the robustness of that response. And again, it's about stopping the cycle of the spread. And so when you are vaccinated and vaccinated robustly, then it's much less likely for reinfections and you spreading it to others. And so vaccines are the answer, and it has always been the answer, for stopping the spread of pandemics. It is the answer. Now, I do expect most likely there will be a booster for the vaccine. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but I'm expecting that probably to be the case just from a safety standpoint and to help cover certain variants in a, in a stronger, more robust way as well. So I thank you for that question. Um, but yes, I would recommend that you continue or consider to continue getting vaccinated for you and your family as going forward as well. Next question. Uh, my husband and I have always had a goal for our family to do missions overseas together and have an attitude of reaching out to a lost world, loving people and not hiding. He is against getting a COVID vaccine and I'm not. Do you have any advice for me about this when wives disagree and would this hinder any future plans? Such a great question and a vulnerable question. I really appreciate that. I'm not going to use your name just because it is a vulnerable question. Uh, thank you for doing that. And thank you for your heart for missions and going overseas. As I mentioned, my daughter just came back from Kenya and it was changed her whole world. Um, and I know that it probably has for you as well. So I encourage you to keep that heart and that fire burning within you. We always teach in our marriage course um, that when we're making a decision uh, as one flesh, decision in oneness, that unless it's two yeses, it's a no. And so this could certainly be the case with you and your marriage uh, in regards to vaccination. Now, if he is comfortable with you getting a vaccine and him staying unvaccinated, I would still recommend that you get it then. <laughs> Uh, with you guys talking it about over it and agreeing together. Uh, so continue to pray about it. Continue to become informed. And if your husband is hesitant because of things that he's hearing on Google or on sound bites, um, then it is okay for him to be informed. I certainly would have you reference my podcast or other other resources that you can obtain that would give both sides a balanced picture so that you can make an informed, comfortable, peaceful decision together. And it's not just about being informed. It's about having peace in your spirit. As you guys pray about it, and if the Lord directs you and gives you peace to do it, then you can do it together. Together is the key. Uh, as an informed decision. Would it hinder any future plans? Unfortunately, the answer is absolutely yes when it comes to either traveling uh, or in missions, much like other vaccines for travel. If you travel anywhere in this world, there's going to be a list of either recommended or required vaccinations for you to go because vaccines are for our good and for to protect us from life-threatening illnesses. And so restrictions do continue and unfortunately have increased even this week. 
And so often now going forward, there, more, there, more, there will be most likely a proof of vaccination for travel. And so again, I would never advocate doing anything if there's no peace in your spirit. But if missions is in your heart, then it, it most likely will be required not only to get the vaccine, but proof of vaccination for your travel plans. So that is certainly a consideration as you guys think about and plan for future mission trips. The last question I want to read, uh, I also will not use the name because I think it's um, sensitive as well. It says, good afternoon. Thank you for making these podcasts. I am one that is on the fence. I come from a family with a lot of medical background, but I'm also a pastor at a church that about 85% do not believe in getting the vaccination. And probably 50% of those people are talking about the vax altering DNA and that it changes how our bodies will, infite, will fight infection later. My question is, we had 19, COVID-19 after the Easter break and were quite bad. Both my husband and I had the antibody treatment. Do you think with the antibodies that we, uh, our bodies made and the treatment we got, do you recommend vaccination? I do know they talk about reinfection rates are low. I would be way, way more at peace about the vaccination if they didn't make it mandatory and if it weren't such a hot topic. Well, that's kind of the understatement of the year. Uh, this has definitely been a hot topic, and thank you for that question. So first of all, I'm going to address the first thing that you mentioned about those uh, fellow uh, people in your congregation. That is simply an uninformed response, and I'm saying that with as clear as language as I can, I can say. Uh, this vaccine will not and cannot alter your DNA. That's just facts. It does not enter the nucleus of your cell. And so cannot alter your DNA. Cannot <laughs> alter your DNA. So the next question is, is, is they propose is that it will change how our bodies fight infection. Well, that is absolutely true. It will change how your body fights infection because you will be immune. <laughs> Healthy immune systems have immunity. That's why God gave us an immune system is to mount and to create immunity against threats on our bodies and, on, and for diseases. And so the vaccination triggers your own natural immunity. It's not a foreign chemical that creates a foreign immunity. It is a immunization that creates your own immune system to mount a response, a strong, robust response, so that when you are exposed to COVID-19, you are immune. So will it change how our bodies fight infection later? Absolutely, because you will be immune. Now, a quick comment about antibody treatments. We use these uh, fairly frequently in, our, in my emergency department uh, for higher risk people or those with more severe disease. Antibody treatments uh, will help fight the current infection by decreasing the viral load that your body is exposed to. Um, but antibody treatments, the IV antibody treatments that we give will not contribute to any kind of lasting immunity. Now, I already addressed... Um, the uh, response to getting the virus itself in your natural immunity. Um, but the, the immunity from getting the antibody treatment, uh, it does not give you any kind of lasting immunity. So after infection or even after tre antibody treatment, I would still say, yes, I would recommend vaccination. 
because it'll give you a robust immune response that will be lasting, that will be uh, something that will uh, protect you going forward and into the future, much stronger than even a natural response to the virus itself. So hopefully that helps answer some of those terrific questions. And hopefully you realize why now I feel like dedicating another episode to this was so essential. So thank you for letting me give you my opinions, uh, my medical perspective, uh, as well as my heart regarding this particular vaccine and what we are seeing and and, uh, able to follow here in the community in our nation at large. I just want to bless all of you and just pray for a spirit of peace over this conversation, and especially those of us who are believers, that we can just have peace and discuss this openly and freely like Patrick Henry recommended. Because these topics are about life and death. They're about liberty. They're about safety. They're about our nation as a whole. And that's why these topics matter. And so thank you again for responding, and I encourage you to go to pushbackculture.org and continue to leave your questions and comments. I'm not intimidated by them. I'm not angry about them. I enjoy um, hearing from you and responding. So please continue to respond and give me feedback. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening. Now, let's go together to set and shape the culture. Mm -hmm.